Your RPG campaign sucks. Wait, come back, I'm just kidding! Do I have your attention now? Your campaign might be good, but it may be missing a little something. That's where Battle Bards comes in. Battle Bards is premium tabletop audio to take your game to the next level. Is your player's level 5 fighter ready to smack an orc in the face? Battle Bards has a sound effect for that. Is your level 3 rogue ready to talk some information out of a barkeep? Battle Bards has the voice acting for that. Are your characters ready for a halfling camp song that raises spirits and shows your players a better time? Battle Bards is here for all your fantasy audio needs. And with the MFG cast, we can help out. Go to BattleBards.com right now. Sign up for an account. And with purchasing a $10 and $25 package, use the code MFGCAST1 and you get a free song, The Dwarf Temple, The Soul Forging Score Music. If you're into buying $50 and $100 packages, you'll get five total tracks on us for free with using the code MFGCAST2, including A Monsterscape, I Monster Combat, Behold Extermination, The Soundscape, Dungeon, Dungeon of Loss, Inhabited, the MPC script, Armorsmith, Steel and Silk, and the sound effect, Short Bow, Arrow Barrage. And if you're really ready to get into that fantasy audio, buy your $150 and $300 packages and get 10 total tracks, one full album for free from us by putting in the code MFGCAST3, including music, Dark Elf City, Morning Doer, score music, the sound effect, Magic Missile Spell, the Monsterscape, Common Giant, Torture, Hill Giant, and Entertaining at Home. Also, Racial Language, Orcish, Orc, Brute, Lashes Out. And including Soundscape, Castle Ruins, Ruins of the Black Castle at Night. BattleBards has hundreds of great fantasy audio at your fingertips to use for that great audio-enhancing experience for all your RPG gaming. Or, if you want to enhance your board gaming... Or, if you do something online, like, say, a podcast like we do, you can use all that fantasy audio, bring it up to the next level. You don't trust us? Well, how about Battle Bards audios being used for the Dungeon Rats podcast, the God's Fall podcast, or maybe you've heard a little something called Critical Role on YouTube, or them having a contract with the Roll20 app? Battle Bards has all your fantasy audio waiting and a big thank you to BattleBards for being a sponsor on the show. This is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. Another day, another interview. I've got a old friend on here, friend of the podcast, Dave Killingsworth from Solar Flare Games. Dave, thank you for coming back on once again. I mean, what is this? Gosh, this seems like fourth or fifth time now, it seems like. I think this is the uh, third or fourth time, so yeah, 
Nice, nice. That's awesome. And I appreciate you coming on again and selling your wares. We get to talk about another awesome game. Happy to be here. So you've been super busy now. You tell me you're working on all kinds of stuff. And so I'd like to kind of get into that. You have a new Kickstarter coming out here on May 9th called Archmage Origins. And I was kind of looking at the Kickstarter preview before I came to talk to you today. We've got some familiar faces. It looks like you are doing it. And you've also got a, you've got a familiar face doing art too. And I'm not, I'm not going to say his name. I'll let you do it because I will ruin it. But it's nice to see uh, familiar art because the art looks awesome. So tell us a little bit about Archmage Origins origins so when we were doing the nightmare forest alien invasion run to be honest with you it's one of those things i call it forced evolution i had a, a bunch of unused card space for the print run for alien invasion i'm like you know instead of just throwing that paper away i need to come up with something to fill it i'm like you know what a, a small like mini or micro game would be great and that's when we invented utter terror the one where you play two aliens against each other trying to capture cows we thought it was silly and funny, but when we started playing with it, we realized there was really no other game, I guess I call it game engine, that played the same way. And mm-hmm. when I started working on Dawn of the Archmage for later this year, I said, you know, it'd be nice to just throw everybody a really nice little compact prequel game that happens years before the events of Dawn of the Archmage. So I'm creating a connected game universe. And we decided to create Archmage Origins to introduce everybody to the magical schools and to some of the monster characters that'll show up in Dawn of the Archmage and boom Archmage Origins came up and yes I recruited Andorra Sidonia again who did all of the gods for Lords of Rock and as well as a guy down in Mexico that's friends with him named Joel who's also doing all the sculpts for Dawn of the Archmage so it's very much a uh, family thing at this point but yeah Andorra has done a bunch of the art for that and we also have a girl named paulina who's done some of the the backgrounds and a few of the monsters as well very nice so so tell us about how this game is played it's it looks like a fun little small little card game and it's got a lot of playability to it so tell us how it's played so we we found that the when we originally conceived the concept i'm like oh this will be really easy blah 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 and it actually becomes uh deceptively complex you deal out a play area of monsters face down and then you between two to four players each pick one of the magical schools technomancer necromancer elementalist and uh demonologist so they're very base color base driven and they're the same classes that'll be in dawn so everybody will feel very comfortable with what they're seeing if they've played origins and you you get a, a handful of cards that are uh, magical power. You have each card has a certain amount of magical power you can wield. And then you pick first player. You peek at two of the cards that are face down monsters, and you get to choose whether you're going to put them back where you got them or switch them. And then you pick one of your cards and you lay it down along the outside spaces, and you're now applying that magical force to either that coat that row or column of four cards and then the next player goes next player goes and you go around until everybody has played their entire hand and then you flip all the monsters over you flip all the magical power cards over um, and you determine who is applying the most force to each monster and whoever has the highest magical force then quote enlists that monster to their army now there are other things in the game i don't want to give away there are certain cards that can pop up that really mess with people's plans uh there's the 
teleport dimension door and some other random things that can happen um, as well as you have the ability to cast a spell called hold monster which allows you to lock one card in place and nobody else can look at it and one of the fun things we did is that card's actually going to be usable in dawn so you'll actually have four cards from this game that can be usable in the subsequent giant mini based sequel and yeah it's, it's quick fast four people 15 20 minutes and you're good to go nice you know you come up with all the concepts for your games where where did this where did the concept concept of this game come from <laughs> it's you know i was sitting at work not working <laughs> sort of <laughs> i was on my lunch i was on my lunch break and i'm like you know when we were doing utter terror it was just okay i'm gonna have two dueling you know aliens trying to capture cows how can you make it interesting so that what i call math players can't just beat you how people with perfect memories can't beat you and how a 10 year old could whip your behind you know it was like okay well and i i was just kind of i you know it just kind of popped into my head which is how most of this happens either my wife's talking to me in the car and i start getting game ideas from stuff she's saying or i'm like i i'm more faced with a problem and i'm trying to reverse engineer a solution and in that case it was i have 36 cards what can i make with 36 cards and utter terror came up. My friends and my wife would tell me I'm not allowed to call this the utter engine because it's not catchy and it sounds really stupid. <laughs> but in my brain, it's always going to be the utter engine that drives these other games. We've actually designed Origins, and I have two other games already fully designed and tested using that same mechanic. But like I've told you before, I deathly, deathly hate pure reskins. So actually each game that comes after Utter Terror has a tweak in the way the game is played. It has a tweak in the rules or it has a tweak in the function of the play space. But the core peek at two, move them around, play some cards, that is consistent across all of them. So once you play one of them, the other ones you'll be able to pick up really easy. And that's how we make a short story really long. <laughs> well, that's okay. Believe me, there's been longer. <laughs> so it's funny because you you know you talked about that you know this game is a game for the let because I'm talking about your your other game coming up here you've got your game that's set now and then you've got your other game that's coming out that's going to be a prequel to that why not come with the first one and then make it you know and then say hey this is the first one and then come up with the second one why did you decide to do a prequel but to be very honest that that was a publishing that was me and my business hat and my publisher decision. Um, it, I realized I could, I had already built an engine that worked. I had art that was available already. And I thought, you know, it'd be nice to really, all these people who've been so supportive of us, and maybe even people who haven't known us, if I can put together a Kickstarter that's, you know, really inexpensive and really adheres to the business model that we try, which is, you know, connecting you and your friends and your family in an analog manner. Everybody puts their phone down and has a good time. We realized that that utter engine was very useful for creating some alternative things. And I said, you know, if I'm going to put a, a almost seven pound minis game out with a modular board, 200 plus cards and all this stuff. And I'm going to say, hey, um, I've done the, all these little games. You need to give me $69 for this big minis game. I wanted to have a broadened audience of, of, as possible to be familiar with the universe that it's being launched in. And I think we have a sequel idea for it that's completely turns the whole universe on its ear, which I think will be fun, but I want to get through the first one first. And so really it was a combination of, hey, let's make something that I can 
put on Kickstarter is almost like a, a love letter thank you to my people who have followed us and supported us and given us ideas over all the years and something that will also introduce a broader audience to what's coming in the dawn of the arch arc arch you know a lot of people say archmage i say archmage it, it it's it's all kind of the same thing um but really that's what it was it's a it's an opportunity to expose more people to what we're doing at a at a price point that everybody could be comfortable at nine bucks and it shows them what we can do how well we work on something even as little as 56 cards how important quality is to us and fun and ease of learnability all those things that are important to me as a game player more so than some kind of businessman Mm -hmm. so when you come up with a game like this is it something where you know like you talked about before you're like okay what can i put what can i do with 36 cards to make this into something that you know is playable you know is when you come up with this you you think okay archmage you're like okay well what can i do with that is it something in your head where you start out with a story or is it something that you just you're like okay i have a theme i just have to figure out how the theme works with this game for me, my wife laughs at this. It's the story a lot of times that's first for me because it was we were doing our you know alien invaders you know I was uh, art you know nightmare forest alien invasion and it was very more like you know very Star Trekky kind of Star Warsy scary scary monsters and I'm like yeah but we didn't represent any of the classic you know the gray and the green abducting cows and so it became a joke and then when I go when I realized I had some card space left, I'm like, how can I lean into that joke, be true to the little Nightmare Forest universe we're playing in, but put together something fun that fits in 36 cards? So it kind of became, I have a, I had a, an idea that was funny, then I had a problem, and I mashed the two things together. With Origins, I knew that I could use up to 56 cards because that's what a print sheet is uh, with my manufacturer. So I'm limited to 56 cards. But I can stuff some cardboard punch sheet in it and a couple other little, you know, I can do pretty much what I want with the box. I just was limited to 56 cards because there was no way to get to 112 cards and make the game make sense. So it was all about, it, a lot of times it comes down to take the story, then how do I reverse engineer the problem, and then how do I blend the two things together so that you don't see the lines. So now that you're, you know, you're going to have, you have this game and then you're going to do the prequel, is it something that, you know, when you think about this stuff, do you think about that you're just going to continue this story? Is it, is it something that you have, do you have a plan because you've got your nightmare forest and stuff like that, and it's got its own collective story and stuff like that. So when you think of these games and you've got these two coming out, do you see it as, you know, kind of progressing a story that could go on for a while and or do you think I only think you only think in terms of you know we'll just do a couple of things here and then we'll move on to the next thing because we don't want to oversaturate it or do you do that thing where you're like well I'm excited about this and we can kind of see where it goes and then depending upon the popularity we can keep it going so everything is built with kind of a finite story plan because to me story is everything so yes we have um Archmage Origins, and then we'll do Dawn of the Archmage. And we, if we, if the Kickstarter goes high enough, we have a two uh, magical school expansion we'll release right in the middle of the Kickstarter if everybody wants it bad enough. But the sequel to that is, I don't want to give away too much. Let me think about how I say this. It involves a mystical portal crossed with cross-dimensional travel that will lead to a really wonky change 
but it will be the mashing of two parallel universes together for the next version of the game if this does really well. So it will definitely not look like a reskin in any way, shape, or form. Um, now, where you're, one of the things you asked, one of the things you brought up was Nightmare Forest. Nightmare Forest has a plan. Um, Nightmare Forest Dead Run was very simple. Every man for himself, first one out of the woods wins. Alien Invasion was, wow, it's a year later, the zombies are gone, but now there's weird stuff going on in the woods and became a co-op. You know, it was a progression. You know, now you go get some friends and you're going to go find out what's going on. So we already have the final two games for Nightmare Forest planned. Uh, the next one next year, probably around May, will be Nightmare Forest Monstrous Horde, which then is a cooperative tower defense game introducing now nasty fantasy creatures coming to attack the forest because they're trying to get to a portal you're now required to defend. The last one in 2019 will be called Nightmare Forest Darkness Rising, and you actually find out what the malevolent force is behind these three attacks, why it's there, what it's trying to do, and the game will be built around preventing his master plan while returning all three sets of bad guys to the game, and this one will actually have a board. So it is it is true story, universe progression with a finite, definitive story end date. Gotcha. So with this game, you, it's a small small game. It's very cheap. You're having it be you're having it cost nine dollars for us twelve dollars outside how do you manage to find all of these things to work out well where it costs you very little and still make enough money to make a profit there's two aspects of that and it's a good thing my wife's not there right? <laughs> um so and actually just to so you know it's nine bucks shipping included there is no shipping charge on uh the the u.s version and then we're only charging international $9 plus $3 shipping. So it's, to be very, very honest at points, it's a business decision. Do, you know, okay, do I want to take these Kickstarter people and try to figure out exactly the maximum amount of money they'll give me for what I'm making so I can maximize the profit? Or do I go, this will make me enough money to contribute to the next project, as my wife always says, pay for the art, because I fund all the art out of my own pocket for the most part. I mean, we, we are making money off of games now, so that money rolls into the business account. But I will tell you, Archmage, uh, Dawn of the Archmage, the art and the mini cost is crazy. So a lot of that's coming out of my own pocket because I want to bring these things to people. So first, a little one like this, we made the decision that we wanted to make it sub $10 because we wanted as many people as possible to get their hands on something we're doing so people who don't know us get to know us and then ask about other things we did so that's a good business choice but anyway, it's really about getting getting this fun little game that we're really really proud of in as many people's hands as possible so that they're playing it and when we do dawn that one's different that one's a true that's a it's a big beast of a game i have to make sure that you know the minis are valued the right way they're that the highest detail possible I can do at the right heroic size what are the costs going to be and it's going to be the biggest most expensive thing I've ever done and so the idea was if I really want to be successful have more people know who we are so at least when we throw it up there they they go oh yeah we've got a game from them and and they're great they're really involved they they care about their their fans we have a running joke at PAX we call the people who come see us every year we call them 
family. So, and they refer to themselves because they're our fans, but we know who they are, and they come see us every convention they can find us. They there's this one boy, he's almost 14 now, and if I look down or look up at a convention, he'll pop up right in front of me because he loves what we do, and that's that's really what we're trying to accomplish is is build a fan base that that loves the stuff as much as we love making it. Uh, if I was trying to do this to make money, that and that was my primary goal, there's things I would have never have made because it was they were projects of love, labors of love, and and just something we thought was funny and quirky, and we wanted people to see it and and laugh and have a good time with it. And really, that's what drives most of it. Nice, nice. Well, it sounds like you've got a good business model because it seems like every time you have a Kickstarter, it does well. You know, you get the word out there pretty well. I mean, it helps that you're using us too. You know, we're 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 pretty good at doing that. Uh, again, this this game sounds like a lot of fun. It, I mean, it, again, at nine dollars, twelve dollars, no matter where you're at in the world, that you can't go wrong for that amount of money. Especially with the art, the the art, the way the art looks um, from a trusted source. And again, it's a, another great game made by you. Um, so what uh, what other things are we looking for um, as the Kickstarter hits? Are there you know you you like to always do your card upgrades and box upgrades and stuff like that? Are there some other little tidbits that we're looking for if we hit uh, a certain amount? Yeah, so I mean we're gonna do the bump it up one level of card stock and we're gonna do the linen finish. That we we always make those just the really easy first ones because. I want the quality to be there, but I have to at least squeeze that little bit out to make sure. Because I try to make the Kickstarter really, hey, if I'm making X number, this is the absolute part I have to get. Because I'm not trying to recover the art costs in the Kickstarter. I've considered the art cost as a sunk cost. I ate that, and my goal is I make something good enough, I'll make it back on the back end. If I didn't make something good enough... I'm not putting that on my Kickstarter, you know, my Kickstarter backers. So yes, we have two things we're looking at doing right now. And really, I'm a, I'm a firm believer on a $9 Kickstarter. I hope people don't expect a whole lot of stretch goals. But one of the things people really like that we do is our game mats. And I've actually, working with my artists right now, we're inventing an 18 by 24 game mat that will be usable with Utter Terror, Archmage Origins, uh, Galactic Raiders and Dead Game Hunter. So it'll work with all four games we've already designed using this same layout and game engine. So once the Kickstarter reaches a certain point um, where I feel that the game itself is funded enough that I, I feel comfortable throwing something else out there that has a straight up nasty, you know, game mats aren't cheap to make. And so what we're hoping to do is we're going to put the game mat up there for. It's a $25 add-on, but we'll also add a reward level for $34 for US, and you'll get the game, and you'll get a, a, a game mat you can use for four games. And we actually starting to design a fifth game using the same engine. It's a little more Galactic Raiders is what you, just what you think. It's space and spaceships, but it's got some. It's got a really heavy tweak on the gameplay space, which I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil that for anybody yet. And then Dead Game Hunter is a name I've had in my head. Nightmare Forest Dead Run originally was going to be Dead Game Hunter, and we couldn't make the original idea work, which then spawned Dead Game Hunter and the whole Nightmare Forest universe. And this will exist in the Nightmare Forest universe, but it's it's a it's another fun little 
tweak way to do this, bring some of the f- monsters back from that first game as a wink and a nod to everybody that you're now collecting zombie monsters as trophies to hang on your wall. It's like, oh, look, that's still kind of alive and dead at the same time. And, you know, so it's just, it's, we're, and then the other thing we're going to do is I've had a lot of people ask me for these little, you know, card games is the deck the tuck boxes can wear out pretty fast especially if people really like using the game a lot and and i recognize that so i have my manufacturer looking into a uh, 100 millimeter by 150 millimeter cloth bag they'll have the four house logos silk screen together almost like a clover shape because all the logos are around and the the name will just be all silk screened on one side of the bag in black Nice, and that'll be an ad, that'll be an add-on too. So people basically, if you want the nice little extras, you can add them on, and you know they'll work for. Then you can keep it in the bag, and if you buy Dawn of the Archmage, you can just put your Archmage Origins bag in your Dawn of the Archmage box, and it's all nice and tidy. I mean, they're all going to be things. They're going to be purchased. They're it's just going to be unlocking add-ons because at nine dollars, I cut the margin really low, so there's not a lot of profit in it because, like I said, it's this one is a, that. I want to give everybody something fun as as cheaply as I can humanly possibly make it happen. Yeah, that's awesome. So suck them in, get them to play this great little game, make them buy your other stuff, and then when the big box comes out, everyone's excited about it and sinks a bunch of money in it. And then you can retire and move to Hawaii and no. Yeah, yeah dream big. I, I'm, I, I... <laughs> My our running joke around here is if we can win the Powerball, I'll just do this full time. Yeah, no kidding, right? I know it's funny. It's funny that you know I hear I I listen to other podcasts myself, and it's funny to hear other people go, "Well, you know this this must be a fun full time job for you." And people are like, "No, this is just a side gig. <laughs> this doesn't really make a ton of money." So we're just in, we're just in it for the love. So all right, people, go out there get Archmage Origins May 9th. Be excited about for when Dawn of the Archmage comes out because I'm sure that's going to be awesome. It'll be cool to see what uh, what the minis look like and stuff like that. So That will be August 1st. Sweet. So that's going to be pretty soon here, folks. So <laughs> save your money if you're going to Gen Con. Buy a couple games here and there, but then you know save your money for the big bucks for the awesome game of Dawn of the Archmage. And again, thanks to Thanks to Dave for coming back on and talking to us about another awesome game. Oh, thanks for having me again, man. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.